But he is loving, he is kind, he is tender-hearted, full of mercy and compassion. He's long-suffering to those that are wayward, patient. We love you, Jesus. If I could just reiterate what these last two songs have said to us in saying, and I feel to say this for someone, that your story is not over. And God, he is not just more than able, he is more than willing today to meet you at your point of need, that he wants you to be blessed. He wants you to be healed. He wants you to be filled with joy and love and peace in the Holy Ghost. He is more than able and he is more than willing. Do you receive that today? If you do, just by a sign of faith, could you lift your hand and lift your voices and thank him for who he is, that eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. We bless you, Lord. We bless you, Lord. One more time, would you put your hands together and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, worship team, for leading us into the presence of God for your preparation. Amen. As Pastor said, we are so thankful to have the Andersons with us this morning, missionaries to the country of Brazil, more specifically the city of Sao Paulo, Brazil, which is one of the largest cities in the world. There they have started, I believe, three churches, which is amazing. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I'm happy to report that they're soon headed back there to continue advancing the work there, but also with plans to expand into other areas of that region. However, more than having missionaries today, these are friends. These are some of uh, my closest friends. I was a freshman at Indiana Bible College when I met Aaron, Brother Aaron who was a senior, and I would not have thought then that this guy would turn out to be one of my very best friends. And I feel blessed that God positioned them, he and Sister Tiffany, to be in my life, and now in my wife Edna's life too. A few things have changed, as Pastor <laughs> noted, since the last time they were here. Namely, four things have changed, or four humans have been born into the world. They went from being a family of two to a family of six in just three years. Um, I'll let them talk more about that if, if they choose to, but God has worked a miracle in their story and in their family, and if he can do it for them, he can do the same thing for a woman in this church. I believe that in Jesus' name. Do you believe that with me? Amen. Would you welcome the Andersons this morning? as they come and minister in the name of Jesus. I don't just want to receive today. I want to give back, preach with them in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. It's so good to be here. Amen. It's so good to feel the presence of the Lord here in this house. You can be seated. I'm so thankful for my great friend, Brother Chase. Uh, never called him Brother Chase yet, but that. But he started it with the brother Aaron, so amen, here we are. <laughs> and thankful for his friendship, thankful for this church, thankful for your support. Thank you to Pastor Noel and uh, your family, and Chase means so much 
Uh, to me, having a friend, I tell people he's a, more than a friend, he's a brother, and uh, I mean that, and it's so important to have, uh, especially um, as time goes on, amen. And um, I'm going to share just for a few seconds here, I'm going to call my wife up and she's going to say some things, and we're going to get into the word if that's all right. Uh, but we're thankful for what God has done, amen. We're thankful for what the Lord has done. Um, as, as, as Brother Chase was saying, in the preliminaries, uh, we had tried for about seven and a half years, seven or eight years, to have children. So our last uh, deputation when we were in the United States, we would go places, and uh, they would find out that we were um, in our late 20s, I think, at the time. Yeah, Tiffany, I think it turned 30. And, well, why don't you have kids yet? That was kind of the standard question, and as if it was a choice, you know. And uh, uh, we had been trying, and we had uh, been believing God, but God is faithful, and he's true. There was a time uh, where I didn't know this, but my wife had prayed a prayer, and it was before a service. Uh, we were going to be in Zanesville, Ohio, and uh, with Brother Bounds, and she prayed, and she said, Lord, I know that you speak to this man, and I ask that if it's your will for us to have kids, that you're going to speak to him and that he's going to confirm it. Otherwise, I'm just going to give up because it's, it's, it's so hard uh, to keep hope alive uh, in those moments. And service went by, and it was a great service, and she's in the altar waiting for a word, and it didn't come until the very last moment in the office after service. He looks over to us, and he kind of smiles. He's like, this is the weirdest thing, but I guess you would say I had a vision of you guys, and uh, you were in Brazil, and I saw you with a beautiful baby boy. Amen. And uh, that was our grant who's in the nursery. Hallelujah. Amen. And then we asked the Lord and we said, God, thank you for that miracle. Amen. Thank you for giving us grant. But we would really love to have another child. And then the Lord laughed and uh, gave us three more. Amen. I don't even know what's going on in that nursery, and I really don't want to know. Amen. But I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for nursery ministry. Aren't you thankful for God? Amen. Aren't you thankful for his presence, his power? How many of you know that he's a miracle-working God? Not just in theory. Has he done anything for you in your life? Amen. Amen. We remember his good works and his grace towards us. Uh, we have been uh, in the city of Sao Paulo, and when we last deputation, we had talked about we're going to start a church in Sao Paulo, start a church in Sao Paulo, and we're thankful that after, these, uh, after this term, we were able to see three churches start in Sao Paulo, and now two more daughter works, uh, amen, in that time, and God is doing an amazing work in that city. Even though we're gone, uh, the church is continuing to grow. They sent us a picture. They're having record attendance, amen, uh, since we've been gone, because it's his church. It's not Aaron's church. And I'm thankful for that, and uh, we are heading back. We're so thankful here in the next few weeks uh, to our home. That's our home down there, and uh, so glad to be here uh, with you all. We ask for your prayers as we head back. Um, how many of you have traveled with kids? Anybody travel with triplets? No? Okay. Yeah, so that's amen. <laughs> Pray for us. Hallelujah. We're, we're, we're going to make it. There's that old hymnal. We're going to make it. Amen. That's my, that's my song. I don't know how we're going to make it, but we're going to make it. When I go onto the airplane, I look at the other passengers. I say, I hope you brought your noise-canceling earphones. <laughs> because I did. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to call on my wife here before we get into the Word, and she's going to testify as well in Jesus' name. She is amazing, by the way. <laughs> Triplet mom extraordinaire. Literally could not do it without her. And I couldn't do it without him. We need... We need each other, and we need help. So if you want to go on AIM to Brazil, we are willing and, and accepting help. If you know any young people here or that are over there helping, we are accepting help. But God is so good. And um, I'm just going to share a quick testimony um, just about the power of prayer. How many know that prayer really does work? 
And I know it's cliche, but it really does. And it doesn't matter even, you know, if you're feeling like it makes a difference or not. It makes a difference. And um, my, my testimony is basically that God does abundantly, exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ask or even think. And that's how I feel about my babies in there. Um, because all of 2021, when we had started a church in co during COVID 2020, we had a few core families that started coming. And there was a young man in jo named Jonas that was helping us. And there was one other family, Honilson and Danny. Um, they were another couple. And they would come every Saturday. We had Saturday evening prayer. And it was really only us that would come every week the whole time. There was like six of us in our little church. And we would be there every Saturday. And at the end of prayer, we would come up and, you know, meet at the front, have one more final word of prayer. We'd say, does anyone have any prayer requests? And I would always say, this year I really want to have another baby. I want to have one more baby before I go on deputation. I would keep saying that request every Saturday. And Jonas, he would say, I'm looking for a job. I've been looking for a job since COVID. And we would pray for Jonas to get a job. And Honilson would have, he had two boys, eight and nine years old. And he would say, I really want my boys to get the Holy Ghost. So we would pray that, pray that, pray that consistently. And it wasn't just like, you know, we're laying on the floor, just explosive prayer, but it was consistent. Let's bring it to God one more time. And I can tell you, God does exceedingly unabundantly above all you could ask or even think because I, in April 2022, had triplets. When I asked for one more baby, God did above what I could even think. Jonas, he, in April 2022, got not just a job, but he got engaged to the love of his life, who's the pa another pastor, the pastor in Brazilandia, another church plant. It's his daughter, and God brought them together. And Honilson, he had been, you know, he wanted his sons to get the Holy Ghost in April 2022. Both of his sons got the Holy Ghost on the same night at a youth rally. But not only that, amen, praise God for that, but above we could ask or even think because he um, had been struggling financially when he got in church. And if it's hard to ask people to give, imagine asking people who are very, very poor to give. It's hard sometimes, but we know it's a biblical principle and it's for our good. We will be blessed if we give back to God, amen? And Honilson, he was being used in church, but he was having trouble paying his tithes and my husband had to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk with him. He was struggling a lot financially. And we encouraged him to give in his tithes and offerings. And he started in January. Well, doors started opening. He had um, promotions. Sectors in his job were fighting over him or one wanted him to transfer over there and were offering him a higher job. Well, back at his original position, they said, we don't, we don't want to lose him. And they almost doubled his salary over at the other sector. So he got to stay where he was. And God just was pouring out his blessings. He um, um, applied online for USP, Universidade de São Paulo which is basically the Harvard of Brazil. And he said, I know, he said to Aaron, Brother Aaron, I know this is a long shot, but I'm going to apply for a scholarship and to enter into this online master's degree program. I know it's a long shot, but let's pray. And let me tell you, he got a full ride scholarship for a master's degree program at the Harvard of Brazil. Basically around April 2022. So when I tell you God will do above and beyond what you could ask or even think, it's true. Keep bringing it one more time to God. Whatever your request is, it doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter if you can see it's making a difference or not. I didn't know when it was eventually going to happen. None of us knew April 2022 was all going to happen for us and above and beyond. 
But let me tell you, God knows, and he has perfect timing. He has perfect, perfect timing, and I can testify that God has been good. Give him some praise. He's been too good. He's been so good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Can we stand all across this place? Amen. Come on, can we give him a hand clap of praise? And could you just lift up your voice? You have been good, Lord. Come on, can you just tell him that? Lord, thank you. Above every request that I have currently in the docket, Lord, you have been good to me and my family. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm not going to take a long time. Please, just 10, 15 minutes. If we can go to the book of Luke, chapter 14, in the New Living Translation here, and we're going to be reading. Amen. Luke, chapter 14. We'll be reading 16 uh, through 23. Amen. Such an honor to be here. Thank, thankful for you all and uh, ask for your prayers as we're ending this deputation. Uh, we are raising um, our projects and um, anything that's you know given today, we're going to put it towards our Bible school projects. And uh, um, Bible school has been so fundamental to growth around uh, Brazil and in South America. We currently have 95 uh, Bible schools uh, in Brazil alone. Amen. And uh, in South America, we are now nearing 300 Bible schools. And to God be the glory for that. Amen. God's doing great things. And uh, there's still so much more to be done. We can't take the foot off the pedal. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 14 and verse 16, it says, And Jesus replied with this story, saying, A man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell his guests, saying, Come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. One said, I have just bought a field and I must inspect it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have just bought five pair of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. And another said, I just got married, so I can't come. And the servant returned quickly and told his master what they had said. And his master was furious saying, go quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the servant had done this. He reported there is still room for more. So his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. Amen. So that his house will be full. I want to speak just for a few moments on this, that his house uh, may be filled. Amen. That his house may be filled. That's what it's about. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this service. Lord, in the remaining moments of this service, we ask that you would speak to us. We know that your word is anointed, but anoint these lips as I begin to speak your word. And God, I ask that we would prepare our hearts and our minds, not for just another sermon, but for a move of your spirit. In everything, we give you thanks and glory. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. I'm not going to take a long time. We're going to just get to it, all right? Amen. How many of you like a get-together? Anybody? Has anybody been to a banquet? Okay. If not been to a banquet, you're not fancy. Maybe you've been to a barbecue. Same thing, different name. Amen. <laughs> I'll take a barbecue any day over a banquet, by the way. You can wear stretchy pants to barbecues. Hallelujah. But before Jesus goes into all of this, what I really love about what he does is he goes right for the throat, okay? Most people go to banquets, barbecues, get-togethers, and um, no one's trying to rock the boat, or, or at least they're... Maybe they are rocking the boat, but they have no social cues. I don't know. But you're not trying to have, you know, big political debates. And if you are, if you are that person, just stop. You know, it's, it, it's a barbecue. Just eat your food and talk about the weather. Amen. The sky is blue, isn't it? Yeah, it's nice. Amen. 
But Jesus doesn't do that. He goes right for the throat here, and uh, he lays it out plain. And he kind of says before this uh, parable about uh, the banquet, he talks about the meek and the humble. And he basically says to them, you know what's the worst? You people. (laughs) Amen. That's not a good way to start a banquet or a backyard barbecue. He says, I mean, he says, you know, the people who are really the worst are you guys. You're fighting for the best position at the table. You're looking to exalt yourself. You're, 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 you're not really here for me. How many people have been in situations where they're not really there for you, yeah? They're there for what they can get from you. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to just keep going on that. He's saying, really, I'm not here for the politickers and the baby kissers and the shaker of hands and everybody that's trying to be seen. I'm really looking for those who are meek, those who are humble. And those who are meek and humble the ones who are just basically saying, I don't even know how I got here. Those are the ones I want seated, seated at the head of the table. Right. Amen. I don't want people that are in this for an ulterior motive. Can I just tell you, there's a shaking that's about to happen. It's already happening around the world. Yes. Yes. Jesus is coming back. And the ones with the ulterior motives, the ones who are in here for the wrong reasons, are quickly going to find themselves not at the head of the table, but towards the foot of the table. Not my words, Jesus' words. Amen. Hallelujah. And he is there for those who are there for the right reasons. Amen. And he says right away in this uh, uh, sermonette to the people that are there at this dinner party, I'm going to serve you. Your first course is going to be crow, and you're also going to have a nice heaping side of humble pie because you need to be humble. Amen. It's easy to gloss over all of this, but Jesus is speaking a truth that is so important for all of us today. Yes, we were all called to dine with the master. And aren't you thankful for that? Amen. But your placement in that calling is going to be as important as your calling because it will determine whether or not you stay. Let me put it in other words. Uh, Brother Chase and I went to Bible school. We've seen a lot of people go uh, through the ranks of Bible college and some that had far greater ability it wasn't very hard than myself, amen. But they are not long, but they're no longer with us. Why? Because their placement at the table was jeopardized by their lack of humility. Because here's the thing, it's not for the best dressed. Amen. It's not for the ones who look like you and me. It's for the immigrants. It's for the ones who can barely speak the language of this country. It's, it's for the ones who are just coming into service saying, hey, God, I need your presence. I need your touch. I, I need your spirit. Those are the ones that Jesus is wanting to say, hey, come a little bit closer. I have a place for you at the table. Amen. The best seat in the house is still for the meek. It's still for the humble. It's still for those who are thinking to themselves, how on earth did I even get into the presence of God? Those are the ones that the Lord is wanting to promote into his ranks. I'm thankful for godly parents. I'm thankful my parents came out of the world. They were married in the world. My dad was addicted to a bottle. My mother came from an abusive relationship, and they took two very bad things and decided to marry them together, but God, amen, hallelujah. I'm thankful that they raised me in this Pentecostal heritage, but woe to me if I begin to substitute and think that my Pentecostal heritage matters. I have to have it right here for myself. I don't deserve a spot at the table, but the Lord has prepared a spot at the table for you and for me, and he is just wanting to see if we are meek 
Amen. Can I say the only thing that we have ever deserved in this life is death and separation from the Lord. Death had a hold on each and every one of us, but God, amen, who came down in flesh. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 that while we were set sinners, that Christ, he died for us. He wasn't looking to get anything from it, but he put himself in the place of condemnation. And he took that upon himself so that we can be free. Amen. The Bible will go on to say in Ephesians chapter 2, it would list out the trespasses of sin that we once walked uh, according to the course of this world and according uh, uh, to the prince and power of the air that we did not even play on the right team. We were, we were on the other side of the tracks, if you will, and, and we, were, we were just taken in, in, in by disobedience and called children of wrath. But God, who is rich in his mercy because of his great love with you, loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses. He made us alive together with Christ. Aren't you thankful, amen, that we have a place at the table because he died for us, because he raised us to sit with him in heavenly places. Paul would say, I know exactly who I am. I am not the big hedgehog of the, of, of the modern Pentecostal movement. No, I am the chief of all sinners. I am a bondservant. I am a slave. I once was a hunter of Christians, but now I am sold out to him. Amen. I am here, but by the grace of God. What are you saying today, preacher? And I'm going to come to a close real easy and quick. It's that if you don't feel like you are worthy to be here, you are exactly worthy to be here. And God wants you here in his presence. You may feel completely out of place by all these people who look a certain way and who act a certain way and who clap on beat and who wear fancy clothes. But let me just tell you, he loves you and he is here for you. Amen. Because he loved me and was here for, and then was there for me. Maybe you feel like you're owed something. Maybe you feel like because time spent that somehow you deserve a place higher up on the ladder than you currently are. And I've come to tell you the Bible is still true when it says he resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Hallelujah. And it's in that vein that Jesus launches into the parable of the great feast. And there's so much to unpack here. But he is speaking to the Jews who have been given so much, yet had done so little. Lord, help us. No other people on earth saw what the Jews saw. I don't see the Lord opening up the Red Sea for anybody else. I don't see the Lord using other prophets to call down fire from heaven. I don't see instances in history where the widows, where widows' sons were raised from the dead and where slave people who were once slaves defeated the greatest military on the planet, and yet favor was never fair for them. They were poured out favor. They were poured out position. They were, they were the apple of God's eye, yet they could not help themselves. A slew of countries would come by, the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans. And time after time, again, the Lord was trying to just put them into their place and say, hey, won't you try being humble? Won't you try learning exactly where you belong and not taking this for granted? And it's in this culture that that he, he speaks this great word, and I'm going to come to a close, and he says that there is a great feast prepared, and it was prepared for the Jews, yet one by one they decided to not come. 
The only way I can equate this to us, and I know it's not a big deal to not show up to parties in America, but uh, in Brazil, if you will, the first birthday party is one of the greatest, largest events you could possibly have. It might be that way in Costa Rica, amen, in Guatemala, I don't know. But in Brazil, it's like you better have a very good reason as to why you did not go to the one-year-old's birthday party. (laughs) It's a huge deal. Uh, you're dead to them if you don't show up. You better be in the hospital or something. Just extraordinary must have happened for you uh, to not be there. And this was not just a party like we view parties. We have specific times where we start, specific times where we end. And somebody say amen and thank you, Lord. Amen. (laughs) Welp. (laughs) Guess it's time to go to bed. And there's always that one who does not get the cues. Hallelujah. But this is an all-day event. And you don't come empty-handed or you don't go to this rush, this dinner feast, will determine who is really important by who would show up. It wasn't by what they said. It wasn't by the excuses they gave. But it was if they simply showed up that they would say to the dinner host that, hey, you are important to me. And I value our relationship. And by showing up to a dinner feast like this, you would say that nothing else really matters right now. And I'm going to make you a priority. Yet the Lord was not a priority. And one by one, they brought back excuses. Somebody say excuses. <laughs> one said, I got married. I can't make it. Amen. Brother Chase and Sister Edna, no, I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. <laughs> I'm busy. I got all these things going on for me. I just got oxen. I got to make sure that they're, that they're yoked together, right? And I just got this big piece of land, and I got to measure it. And, and all of them had value, valuable excuses in the terms of what we would view as valued because it talked about career and relationship and all of that. But here's what the Lord is getting to, and please listen to me. I'm coming to a close. He is saying, hey, these things that you are using as excuses as to why you cannot be here first came from me as blessings to you. I gave you those oxen, and I provided that land for you, and I created the spouse that you are currently married to, and I orchestrated all of this, and yet somehow you are using my blessings as a way to say that I cannot show up, and I cannot be here. Can I tell you something, somebody? Amen. When the Lord calls, we must show up. Why? Because it's a dinner feast and we're just going to eat some hot dogs? No, because we are telling him, you are important to me. You are important in my life. But it's not just enough to show up. In the story of Mary and Martha, we know that story, right? Martha was encumbered. She was nervous. She was anxious. She was serving, 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 serving. But, but Mary... Remember the one needful thing. It's him. It's him. It's sitting at his feet. Can I tell you why some of us are anxious, why some of us are worried? It's because we're, we're serving God so much that we forget to sit at his feet. We forget to sit at the table. We forget to say, oh, Lord, this is all about you. 
I've been so encumbered so many times with service and so many things, and pastors will know this, my goodness, all the things that come at you right before you have to preach and, 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 and the bills that need to be paid. And we're starting three churches. I'm preaching seven times a week and doing Bible studies and going back and forth and back and forth that it becomes literally a job. And, and it's so easy to forget, oh, Lord, you are the reason for the feast. You are, you are the reason. I'm, I, I, I want my presence to declare that you are important, that you are everything to me. The Bible says the Lord became angry. He became provoked. He doesn't like it when we use excuses as to why we are not with him. He doesn't accept our excuses. I just want to come out and say that this might be confrontational, and that's all right. He does not accept, accept my excuses for prayerlessness. But God, I have triplets and a three-year-old, and I don't have time. Pray! Sit with me. Dine with me. Because when I do so, I declare that you are important to me. But after being invited to dine with him, and I'm closing, please, he tells them and he switches on them and he says, now you must go out and compel them to come. How would you compel them? The master's calling. Come, dine. He's calling you. He's calling me. He's, he's wanting you to not just sit at the table and dine all day, but he is also wanting you to turn around and go and compel somebody to come to the house. Come into his presence. There's fullness of joy. He is the response to your anxiety and depression. He's our healer. He's our, he's, he's, he's our mentor. He is our friend, but he is our savior. He is the hope that is beyond anything that we have on this earth. He is the hope that transcends the grave. He is everything. And I'm going through this really quickly, but please hear me today. The dinner bell is ringing. Come. Bing. It's, it's ringing. Come. Come. The table is prepared. But the world is also telling you there's another table. There is another way. And I've come to tell somebody here today, it's not enough for me to just come and be fed and fed and fed. It's, it's incumbent upon myself and my family to go and to serve. Because let's just be honest, nobody would fault us. Tiffany, we got triplets. We have one kid that's three and three that are one. It's a riddle. It's, it's, it's an enigma. It's It's crazy. But he gave those kids to me. And God help me if I ever use the blessings of God against God as to why I cannot go. Some people will say, how can you go overseas? How can you take them away from their grandparents? I say, how can I not do it when the Lord has called me to do so? My yes is everything. It's everything. That his house may be filled means that rivalries, factions that are inside the church, we have to put them all aside. Why? Because drummer, singer, pastor, co-pastor, assistant pastor, youth pastor, faithful servant, we are all going out and compelling. We are all working together. We don't have time to have rivalries. We don't have time to have factions inside the church. We only have time to go out and just tell them to come. Come to the house while there is still time. Please pull up the first picture there. This is why we are compelling them to come. Because this is Brother Danech. He came from Venezuela. This is inside of his church. He fled to Venezuela. It took him over 40 days walking bus 
hitchhiking to get his family from northern, from fleeing for their lives from Venezuela all the way down into Sao Paulo, Brazil. He had every reason to just say, well, I just need to focus on my career and everything that's going. Once he arrived into Brazil, he began to say, hey, how can I be useful for the kingdom of God? Go to the next picture here of in front of the church, the next one after that. I'm so sorry. Amen. This is the church. He began to get blocks donated, found on the side of the road. He began to scavenge dump areas and get sheetrock and metal and blocks. And he got a piece of land that somebody said, hey, go ahead and use this. And he built with his own hands this very small church. Why? To compel them, come. Come. You can't even fit 30 people inside of this. He built it with his hands with no money, with an average salary of $1 a day. But can I just tell you, this is a servant of the Lord that is doing a work of the Lord. And when we get back to Brazil, amen, there is a piece of land that we are ready to buy and build this church for this man. Why? Because we are compelling them to come. There is no excuses. Don't you know that we are going to stand in judgment with men like this? Say, God, well, I never got the million-dollar grant. And he's going to point to him and say, what did he get? Fleeing for his life, saying, oh, I just need to start a church. I need to compel somebody to come. Can we stand all across this place? I want to do this altar call in two different ways. Please, every eye closed. The first call in this altar is for those that feel like you don't belong. You've never received his spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Maybe you've not been baptized in the name of Jesus. Maybe you're just wondering why you're even here. The Lord brought me here to tell you you are here for the right moment right here in his presence. And he is asking you to just come and sit with him. It's the easiest thing. You're not having to bring anything to the table. He's not judging you for anything of how you're dressed. He is just saying, come and sit with me and dine. That's the first altar call. But the second is for those who have come and dined. And you're wondering what's next, and I've come to tell you it's time to go and compel. (laughs) Does that mean you're going to go to Africa or Asia or South America? No, but you could go across the cafeteria in your schoolroom. You could go across the street to your neighbor. Come on, you have friends, you have contacts, and you can just say, hey, I've come to tell you that there is something, there is a better way for your sadness, for your depression. Can we lift up our hands? All across this place, would you lift up your voice? I want to open up these altars right now in the name of Jesus. If you need something from the Lord, if you've not yet received his spirit, I I want to ask you to come down. If you need healing in your body, if you need a touch, if you just need to come down and affirm to God and everyone around to say, oh God, I'm here. Lord, I want to be used by you. Will you use me? Lord, would you touch me, God? Would you use me? Come on. All across this place, Lord, I'm done with excuses. I'm done saying why I can't do your will, why I can't go there, why I can't do this, Lord. I'm here and I'm saying yes. If you can use anything, you can use me. Come on, would you just let that be your prayer? Would you just cry out to the Lord? You don't have to have the professional prayer. You don't have to have the right words. All you have to have is the right spirit. That's it. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, would you let him fill you with joy, with hope, with love? That's the Holy Ghost. If you've not yet received it, come on down. Come on, he's coming back for his church. He loves you. He cares for you. He knows you would be here.